Praise the Lord. Well, uh, many of you have participated in the 21-day fasting and prayer and the, the studies, the devotionals and prayers that went along with that, and then going beyond and praying um, for the three points that, uh, <laughs> that we were given, and then plus going beyond that and praying for our nation, praying for Jerusalem, praying for our families, our communities, and praise God. How many of you have witnessed change already within the past 21 days? Amen. Praise God. Something happens. Prayer changes things. Amen. People say, you know, that's just a coffee cup. Prayer doesn't really change. Yes, it does. The most powerful gift God has given you is prayer. And I'm not going to preach on this, but it is the most powerful thing that he has given you as a weapon is prayer. And that is why, that is why the enemy comes against your prayer so much. Amen. The enemy doesn't want you to pray. He knows that even the most innocent, simple prayer is devastating to him and his plans. Amen? So kids, don't worry. Adults, don't worry. If you haven't been to seminary school, anybody here been to seminary school? Like, you know, one of the big fancy. No. Anybody learn how to pray like um, Charles Spurgeon? Anybody? No? So, but God answers our prayers, right? Amen? Because he knows our hearts. And he, he, it's the things that when we pray God's will, then we're praying the will of the Father. And we don't have to pray it with big, super crazy words. I can't think of the right kind of words. Like These big, expanded words that really nobody knows what they mean. Sometimes I read some of these, these um, emails and, and things that come across. And I have to get the dictionary out and look up what on earth are you trying to say to my people? What are, who are you and why do you have to use these big words? Amen? Do you talk to your family like this at home around the dinner table? I, you know, it's just why, why do they do this? So praise God. Amen? Because he sees your heart and he knows what you have need of before you even ask. But he delights in your asking. Praise God. So this morning, um, turn with me. I know it's Pentecost. Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, Shavuot, if you want to use, you know, a fancy word, Hebrew, right? Well, I was going to mark this page, but I can't, so um, we're going to start in the book of Isaiah. I'm going to fold a page in my Bible. I come from a, my grandparents, boy, they would get upset if you folded a page in your Bible, if you wrote notes in your Bible, they didn't understand then, lo and behold, many years later, I found notes in their Bibles. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 53 this morning. Praise God. And Lord, we just thank you this morning, God, as your people are turning the pages in their Bibles. Lord, your holy word, God, that you have given us, Lord God, our roadmap, our instructions, Lord God, they are turning in their Bibles, Lord. And God, we just thank you for the word that you spoke to us this morning already. The message in tongues, the interpretation thereof, Lord God, that you gave us a sweet word, Lord God, calling us to draw closer into you, to be to be that friend of God that you have called us and uh, that you desire for us to be, to come up closer and to get closer to you, to heed your word, Lord. Father, we thank you for it this morning, God. We thank you, God, for your anointing in this place, your anointing upon me, Lord God. And Father, we thank you, God, for the, the call that you have put on my life, Lord. I thank you. And Lord, I thank you for the joy that you have set before me, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Amen. we walk in it. Amen. 
Isaiah 53, and we're going to pick up in verse 9. This not, may not be your quote-unquote traditional Pentecost Sunday message, but y'all know I don't know what the traditional Pentecost Sunday message is, right? That's not, that's just, my, my husband said something to me about how people, people used to dress or people wear a certain color on this day. I said, well, I have no idea. I, didn't, I don't know, and I didn't know, and he wasn't telling me I should go change because I'm glad you didn't do that. And I was like, I don't, anybody know that? No, I didn't. You know what we should be dressed in? The garments that none but ransomed ones can wear. Amen? Holy Ghost garments, garments of praise. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so Isaiah 53, verse 9. This morning's message is about the value or the cost of the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure that we're not going to get really in-depth. We're just going to skim the surface just a little bit about the cost and the value of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that was poured out in the book of Acts chapter 2. And he made his grave with the wicked, verse 9, and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him in Put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities." Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He's talking about his son, Jesus Christ, that Jesus poured out his life and gave his life willingly to satisfy the need in the earth for our salvation. Amen? Without the shedding of Jesus' blood, there is no remission of sins. If Jesus had not given his life at the cross so willingly, so lovingly, so completely, then we would not be sitting here today. Amen? Some of you still may be seeking salvation, seeking and trying to find out what, who is this Jesus and what does this even mean? And some of you may have already been saved and be seeking the Holy Ghost. And what are, what are we talking about a Pentecost? And what is this pouring out of the Holy Ghost? And what is this baptism of the Holy Ghost? And, and God wants you to know that it was very valuable. That you, and because it, it was costly, he wants you to know that that's how much he loves you. That is why Jesus gave his life. That is why it pleased the Father. Can you imagine? Can you imagine it being pleasing to you for one of your children to give up their life for the other? No. But that's how much God loves us. Amen? Once and for all, Jesus gave his life. And he was resurrected, and he ascended into the heavens. He sits at the right hand of the Father forever making intercession, praying for you, and interceding for you forever. That's where Jesus is now. Okay. So do y'all see that just a little bit of the value of, what, of God's heart, the value of your salvation? And, be, and it would not have come to pass. See, full salvation includes baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
Amen? Amen. So let's, let's flip over here. I got so many scriptures and I'm not going to read them all, okay? <laughs> We're going to turn to John chapter 3. Salvation in Jesus Christ is so much more than just going to church. There's coming a day where there may not be a church like you think of church. Amen? It's so much more than having a holy Bible on your dash or on your bedstand or, you know, carrying it around with you. It's so much more than having a Bible. Amen? How many of you had a Bible before you got saved? I had at least one. <laughs> yeah, my kids had Bibles, but they didn't have no choice. <laughs> of course you had a Bible. There was a Bible in our house. There was a, a family Bible on our table. They opened it, you know, once a year in December to a certain page. Put it on the coffee table in the living, the fancy room, not the... Anyway, we didn't have a big fancy house, but there was one room that the two put on the coffee table in there. Not all the time, but... Anyway, everybody there in John chapter 3? Okay, y'all are quiet this morning. Are you all worshipped out? No? <laughs> you ready for another round? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Bye. Amen. All right, John chapter 3, and we're going to go to verse 22. This morning, this, in this, these verses, this is John speaking. Actually, I'm I'm sorry, verse 25. This is going to be John. John the Baptist that's going to be speaking here. So chapter 3, John chapter 3, verse 25. So as as, um, they're turning there, we want to see that that Jesus is... is, um, what God's, what the Lord's going to be speaking to us this morning through what John had uh, said and what is written here from the um, John the Baptist is that who Jesus is versus who John the Baptist is or was, and that John the Baptist was sent, yes, and Jesus was sent, Amen, and they were anointed for a purpose. But the the some of the, the followers of John had questions. They were also called disciples. So, are you ready? Okay, verse 25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came to John and they said unto him, Rabbi, that is teacher. And if you've read uh, probably through the, the New Testament, you know that oftentimes they came to Jesus and they called him Rabbi. Good teacher. Amen? So here they're calling him by the same name, the same title. Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. So basically they're saying, hey teacher, you remember that guy that you baptized, and that you, you said the Holy Spirit told you that this is um, God's son in whom he is well pleased? You remember that guy? And, and look, he's over there baptizing people. And people are coming to him, and he's getting, he's getting disciples now. So the followers of John were kind of like, what? We, we thought we were following you, and why are, why are people starting to follow this, this Jesus, right? So John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. 
Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am the one that was sent before him. You heard me say it. You were there. That's what he's saying to them. You've heard me teach you this and tell you this. I am not the Christ, but I am the one that was sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, when he standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. And this my joy be therefore is fulfilled because he has heard the bridegroom's voice. Amen? Because he has seen and he has heard Jesus. He knows that he is the Messiah, the Savior. Verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. He, Jesus, is going to become more important, and Jesus is going to be more talked about, and he's going to get more out there in front, and John the Baptist is saying, I'm going to fade into the background, so to speak. Okay? So Jesus is increasing. And you know when we get saved and we give our lives to Jesus, that's what happens? is that our old self begins to decrease. And the more we want of Jesus, and the more we want of the good things of God, the more we decrease and the more he increases. The more, and that what we were singing this morning, I was thinking about, I can't remember which song we're even singing, but we were, I was just thinking about how that we decrease. And we, as, we, as we stand here, we sing, Lord, I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. I want more of the Holy Ghost. Uh, send down the fire. Send down the rain. Fill me up. And all these things that we sing, that we must realize that that means that this person, myself, has to decrease. That my old self has to fade into the background, and be crucified, that Jesus can shine out even brighter. That we can walk in this, this, this Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled life that we talk about. That, that we can be so um, in tune with what the Holy Ghost is saying that we can actually hear and see and be moved about by the Spirit. Remember, Jesus said that, his, that those that are moved by the Spirit are like those that are moved like a, a light in the wind. You can't tell where it's coming or going. Amen? That is so people people often might look at you and go, Oh, I know you, I know how you are. But then they but the more you become more like Jesus, they begin to wonder, well, what's she doing over there? She never what what's going on with this person's life? And your spouse might even look at you and say, Well, I know how you are. You always like to have this on your on your plate. And you say, Well, no, Holy Ghost spoke to me last week and said, No, don't do that. This guy right here loved, I don't want to say love, but you know, how do you say, Celio? <laughs> he really, 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 really liked sugar a lot. He used to live in the city when he was a little boy, and he would work hard, and he would get money, and he would take that money right to the candy shop and buy a bag of candy and sit behind the candy shop and eat it all. He had six, six brothers and sisters, I don't know how many cousins, but he, he bought that candy with his own hard-earned money, and he ate it all. Where, where he grew up, man, he grew up about three blocks from the Krispy Kreme factory. When we lived in a water flow, man, I was on the internet trying to figure out where the Krispy Kreme was. <laughs> and all of a sudden we found out, they were in Albuquerque the whole time. That's a long way from water flow to Albuquerque. <laughs> but here, he lived like three blocks from the Krispy Kreme donut factory. When they would get off work, they call it knocking off, but they knock off work, they go buy Krispy Kreme, get some fresh hot donuts. 
Not those cold, congealed donuts, those hot ones where the, where the icing just, I mean, you could see it. You could watch it go by on the conveyor belt. And they pour it, and you watch it. It's a factory. You watch them fry the donut, and then it flips up onto this thing, and it runs under this icing. The sheets of icing pours down over the donuts as it goes by. It's just pure sugar. I know his sister would go by there and get a whole entire box, 12 of them, a whole dozen, six plus six, six times two, of chocolate-covered, cream-filled donuts and ask for extra chocolate. And they do it. And she ate them all. <laughs> By herself. She didn't make a home that particular day. Now it's not, but she ate them all. I, I, this is how much he likes sugar. Sweet tea. Every meal, every morning, every night, sweet tea. Coffee was not coffee unless it was super sweet. And then God spoke to him and said, stop sugar. That's where I was going with this. Something he really, really liked a whole lot. And God said, stop it. Come to find out he needed to stop it. And it was something that was affecting his health. And he didn't even realize it. And God said, stop. Amen? So pay attention when you hear the Spirit tell you something. He might say, well, I don't know. I'm just going to make this up so y'all kids don't, don't tell mom that I said this. But maybe the Holy Spirit might just tell you you're eating too much broccoli. It's possible. You can't. Too much of a good thing is too much. Amen? <laughs> so sometimes you might need to you know, switch the broccoli for another vegetable. Listen to what the Lord is saying, okay? So we have to decrease. So that he may increase. And the more we decrease and the more time we spend in his presence, the more we listen, the more these things that seem unusual to other people will begin to come to pass. And you'll begin to do things that are different. Larry's dad one time, now this was for him, maybe it's not for you. He was a boxer, a professional boxer before I met him, before probably before I was born. I don't know. He was a professional boxer. And so, you know, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say, I guess there's a little bit of pride, and you know, you're proud of yourself, you know, and you can beat anybody up. Anybody knows what you and your family are going down. I promise you, they had a reputation in the in the town and across on the other side of the bridge where I lived. That we were a long way far apart from one another before we met. But I found out really quickly he had a reputation. His daddy had a reputation. The whole family had a reputation. You don't mess with them. <laughs> anyway. So eventually, or whenever, he got saved, he gave his life to the Lord, and he's walking into a store, and he walks in, and he's got on his uh, short sleeve shirt, right? And he leans up on the counter, that big guns up on the counter, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you don't lean on the counter like that. You're a man of God. I never understood. It took me forever to really understand. Why did God tell him not to lean on the counter? Oh, I get it now. And then one day, in that same time period, he's getting ready to go out, leave the house and go out. And he's looking at his uh, closet where his clothes are hung up. And he's, he's getting, reaching for a short sleeve shirt. And the Holy Spirit said, don't wear that short sleeve shirt. Did he go out and convict everybody in the whole church and tell them, you know what? Y'all can't wear short sleeve shirts no more? No, because it was for him. Amen? He needed to cover that up. Amen? Y'all get what I'm saying? So the more we listen to the Spirit, the more we'll be led by the Spirit, the more fulfilled our lives will be in Christ Jesus. The more we will thrive 
Amen? The stronger we will become and the more victorious we will be more able to even overcome on, day, on a day-to-day basis. Does this make sense? This is what Holy Ghost is coming, came for. This is why he was sent. Okay, let me finish this, uh, this verse. Okay, I got stopped on verse 30. Okay, verse 31. He that cometh from above is from above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and hath heard, that he testifies of. And no man receives his testimony. He that hath re- received his testimony hath set, I'm sorry, hath set to his seal that God is true. Those that receive the testimony of Jesus Christ have set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. Notice right there that spirit is capitalized. The spirit of God was not given to Jesus by measure. Amen. He didn't give him just a little bit of access to his spirit. He didn't give him just a little bit. He didn't. He wasn't sitting up there on his throne and saying, you know what? I'm God of all the heavens and the universe and all the creation and all the, I don't know how many universes they say are out there now, but they, you know, he's, he's God of all of it. Amen. And he's not sitting up there saying, well, you know what, Jesus, I know you're going to give your life for, for the, the people down there. And, you know, I love them so much, but you know what? I'm just going to give you a little bit of my, my, just a portion of the Holy Spirit. No. He gave it without measure to him. Amen? He didn't withhold it. He didn't hold back anything from him because he knew that he needed to be endued with that power. Amen? He had to. And so when Jesus, I'm going to fast forward and just drop this in here for you, but when Jesus said that he gave his spirit to you and that he quoted that God, that the Lord would pour out his spirit upon your children, and he says, be ye baptized with the Holy Ghost, right? Be ye filled with the Spirit. He told him to go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Father. Amen? Right? So he didn't say, go and wait. God's going to give you a portion of a blessing. Amen? He Nowhere. Jesus said that he had been given the keys to the kingdom and all authority was given to him. Amen? And then he sent us. Amen? Then he sent those that, that, once you got saved, he sends his disciples out. And we are born-again Christians. We are his disciples. Amen? Is this making sense? Yes. Okay. I'm looking at Marjorie's face. Is it making sense? (laughs) She just laughs. Shut up. (laughs) That we need the Holy Ghost is the point. You need the Holy Ghost to live this life. You need the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You need to know that you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And see, I could, there's so many things I could teach on this morning. But I want you to understand that we, it's been studied. We've studied it out. We've looked over it. We've discussed it and debated it over it and prayed over it and sought the Lord over it. And yes, you must, you will speak with other tongues. It is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We can't get around it. We tried. We looked around it at every different angle. You can't get around it. That, the, that speaking in tongues is the initial, the first thing that we know that shows forth that you have been received, uh, that you have received the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. 
So the same way that God did not withhold the Spirit from His Son, He will not withhold the Spirit from you. Do you understand? He's not holding back. The Father loveth the Son, verse 35, and hath given all things into His hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I don't know about you, but I ain't signing up for the wrath of God. Amen? (laughs) I want Jesus. I want all of Jesus. I want to live my life for Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Amen? And in being like Jesus, we will be found pleasing in the Father's sight. That is my heart's cry, my constant prayer before the Lord, that I want to be found pleasing in His sight. And people might say, well, you got saved 20-something, 30-something years ago. Oh, wait a minute, 30-something years ago. You've been saved a long time. You got the Holy Ghost over 30 years ago. Why are you you praying like this to God? Why are you saying, Lord, I want to be in the center of your will. I want to be found pleasing your sight. Because I'm still walking on this earth. Amen? Because Devon is still here. Amen? Does this make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you still dwell in the flesh. Amen? We have not yet ascended. We're not in heaven. We have not been transformed. Yes. Amen? Yes. Okay, so I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So that we understand that we have to have the Holy Ghost to make it in this world, to make it in this life. In the 80s, there was a song that said, we got to pray just to make it today. And that is true. We do got to pray just to make it today. But we need the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost to lead us and guide us in all truth and righteousness. We need to develop this relationship with Him so that we are being moved about by His Spirit. I heard Devonis use the word intrinsic, I think. that Did you say that when you were praying? Infiltrate. Infiltrate. Now I'm hearing intrinsic. And there's some of those you know, big words. But I heard the Spirit say this a while back. That, that we, you need him to be intrinsic in you. You need the word of God to be intrinsic in you. What does that mean? It means it's a, it's a part of you and you can't be separated from it. That you can't do another moment without him. Amen? All right. I, I, I thought I'm used with the Lord about setting a timer for 20 minutes, but <laughs> I didn't do it. So... Um, I'm not going to quench what God has given us, and I want us to uh, flip over to Acts chapter 1 really quickly, and we're going to close this out when the Spirit's ready. So, wake up. (laughs) How many of you are familiar with Joel chapter 2? I'm going to ask it again. How many of you are familiar with Joel chapter 2? Yeah? No? Okay. Mark yours. Mark Acts chapter 2 right there. I want you to know this. Praise God for our young people this morning. Thank God for them. And I believe um, a lot of our kids, our, our young people, are being uh, promoted up in the next grade. Praise God. Amen. They're all quiet, yeah. <laughs> and then a lot of our seniors are graduating um, high school and going on to wherever they're going next and going to college and trade schools and whatnot. And then all, a lot of our friends that are in college or graduating college, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. Amen? 
new doors are being opened, and this is, this is a time of change, a season of change in so many different ways. Everybody there? Joel chapter 2? Okay, turn to verse 28. So it's near the end of that chapter right there. Verse 28. Joel 2, 28. Why is Pentecost called Pentecost? 50. That's right. Penti means 50 or 5, right? So 50 what? 50 days between what? Passover? His ascension? It's just a little quiz in between uh, flipping pages here. There's a lot in that 50. Amen? There's a lot. And so there's 50 days between uh, Christ's ascension? Crucifixion? Ah, here I go. Mess myself up on tape again. (laughs) <laughs> and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost or Shavuot. Amen? Passover, I mean, Pentecost. You got something? You can see the gears turning in his head. Stone, you got any correction for me? No? Okay. <laughs> Everybody there? Amen. All right. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. Now remember, we're reading from the book of Joel, which was written thousands of years before Christ came. Amen? So this is what? This is what we call prophecy. Amen? And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days will I pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said and in the remnant the Lord, whom the Lord shall call. So in the book of Acts, look with me now, Acts chapter 2, and this is really easy way to remember it, Joel chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. They go hand in hand. Amazes me how God made things like this for us, even chapters and verses to go together. I want to read the whole thing. <laughs> um, we're going to we'll flip around a little bit. Let's look at um, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Actually, I'm going to start with verse 14 so you get the whole picture. So this is right after, right after the Holy Ghost came and the, the, the disciples that had been in the upper room waiting, as Jesus had told them to go to the upper room and tarry till the blessing of the promise that God had promised would come. 
that they've been there and they've been praying and seeking God for the, all those days. And this is what happened. The Holy Ghost came. They were filled with the, um, the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues. And people began to mock them. You see that? In verse 11, verse 13. Others being mocking say, These men are full of new wine. Verse 14. But Peter stood up. This is what happened. Next. Peter stood up with the eleven with the rest of the disciples, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And he, go, he goes on to quote it. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Verse 20, and sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's how important it is and how much it means to God that you be filled with the Holy Ghost. He made sure that it was written, that it was recorded, that it was given to the prophet Joel to write it down so that you would know and you would not doubt, does God want me to be filled with the Holy Ghost? The answer is a resounding yes. Yes, God wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. No matter who, what your name is, no matter what your background is, if you are born again, the next thing is to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen? The, 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 the stipulations, they're not stipulations in this that only your sons and daughters will prophesy. But it means generations. Right? We can all, anyone. Anyone that the Lord chooses. Someone asked me a question a couple of weeks ago. What, is, what does it mean that God is not a respecter of persons? It means he uses whom he chooses. Amen? That's the easiest way to say it. He will use whom he chooses. Amen? It doesn't matter if you went to the, the mighty high college of the most existential. <laughs> it's probably, hopefully you didn't. <laughs> that it doesn't matter if you went to, you know, the Crystal Cathedral College over in Timbuktu. What it means is that he looks at your heart. He chooses. He knows. He already has a plan. Amen? And so our job is to say, yes, Lord. To say, yes, Lord. To say, yes, Lord. To whatever his will and his way is. If it's his plan for you to pastor a mega church, then that's his plan. Amen? If it's your his plan for you to be Hold ten, uh, Bible studies under a tree in the middle of the woods, then that's his will. What it means is you listen to what God is saying and you do what he tells you to do. Amen? Last night I was reading, or the night before last, I was reading in Jeremiah. And God told Jeremiah when he called him, You're going to do this. This is the way I heard it. Okay? This is my paraphrase. You're going to do this. You're going to speak my word. And this is the way it's going to be. 
Don't look at their faces. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. You listen to me and you do what I tell you to do. Amen? And because Jeremiah's passion was for God, and Jeremiah's passion was for God's people, nothing else mattered. Amen? Okay. Y'all get tired yet? Please don't get tired. Hold on with me. I'm going to read as fast as I can. We're going to start in Acts chapter 1 because we need to see what Jesus said and we need to understand. There's somebody here that needs to really grasp this and understand that the Holy Ghost is for you. That first of all, first and foremost, salvation is for you. Jesus wants you to be born again. Amen? God has not said, I don't want you to be saved. Amen? He wants you to be saved. He wants you to call you, you his own, and he wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? All right, so in, we're just going to... How should I... Oh, this. Okay, let's for, uh, start in verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the prophets whom he had chosen... Now, Jesus gave them commandments. Jesus gave the disciples who became apostles. He gave them orders. He gave them marching orders. He gave them and told them what to do. Remember the angel said, what are you doing standing here gazing into the sky? Get busy, right? And where were they to get busy to? They were to get back to Jerusalem and get into that upper room. Amen? Verse 3. To whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. So they went to the upper room in Jerusalem to do what? To wait on the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. That's what Jesus said in John. He was telling them that I told you in Matthew 3.11 that you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so that's why he's referring to that. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Go to the upper room and wait, and the Holy Ghost will come not many days hence. They did not go, therefore, to the upper room and wait, not knowing what the promise was. Amen? They went to the upper room waiting for the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Did they have full understanding of what it would look like, sound like, feel like? No. They might have had a little sample. Amen? They had a little sample, if you know the scripture, of what Jesus had breathed on them and told them, receive you the Holy Ghost. They had a little sample when he sent them out. They had a little training session, if you will. But here in the upper room, they knew they were waiting for this baptism of the Holy Ghost that Joel spoke of in Joel chapter 2. When, verse 6, they were therefore come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? This is a very uncertain time for them. The whole everything was beginning to, to be in turmoil. They thought Jesus came to set up his earthly kingdom then. Amen? 
They thought they were going to rule and reign with them on earth, with Jesus on earth right then. That Jesus was going to overthrow the government and that everything was going to be peachy keen because Jesus was going to be Lord on the throne on the earth right then. Now they have seen him go to the cross. They've seen him and heard of him being whipped and bruised and beaten and spit on and cursed. And and Peter even rejected him himself. They're seeing people run to and fro in the streets and begin to talk. They're talking about killing more, you know, the, the followers. They're talking about uh, getting rid of this whole group of people that call themselves followers of Jesus Christ. They were in the what they called the way at that time. Verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Go ahead and take a deep breath right there. Some of you are looking for the, the knowing the times and the seasons. Jesus said, it's not for you to know them. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. When the Father hath put it in his own power, which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall, now look, he said, I'm not telling you, it's not for you to know. I'm not telling you, it's not giving me to tell you, but I got something. I got something for you. This is better. Amen. What good would it do if we knew the exact day and hour that Jesus was coming again? What good would it do if we knew exactly when he was going to set up his throne, so to speak? Amen. You would think, well, then I would know exactly how many people I need to get saved on how many days. And I, would, I could make a chart. And I, could, I could figure it all out and work it. No, it will not work that way. That's not human nature. Amen. All right. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When do you get the power? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen? What is the initial evidence? Speaking in tongues. That's how you know. That's how we know you got the Holy Ghost. That's how you know you have the Holy Ghost. It's because you speak in tongues. And you hear yourself speaking that unknown tongue. And then there's probably somebody there that sees you and hears you speaking unknown tongues. There's testimonies of people that got filled with the Holy Ghost at home. They got up and went and looked in the mirror to make sure. They could hear it, but they were like, is this really happening? And they went and looked in the mirror. And, and they were speaking in tongues, and they really couldn't control it because they didn't want to. They wanted the, the, they wanted the Holy Ghost. Amen? It should be our heart's desire. To be filled and and led by the Spirit. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. So what is that power for? Witnesses. Witnesses. And you might think, oh, I want the power of the Holy Ghost so I can walk through here and, and knock people down. They just fall out on the floor. What good is that? Somebody tell me, what good is it? I'm not against it. I'm not saying it's not good. But if they don't know the witness of the Holy Ghost, if they don't know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what good is it for them to be laying on the floor? Amen? Those soldiers fell back. Do we have an account that those soldiers got saved? Delivered? Healed? I'm not, I'm not against it. 
Don't get me wrong. Falling out is great. And sometimes that is the witness that that person might be looking for. Amen? They can't fall. You can fall out on your own. You can fake it. But you're not faking it until you make it. You're only fooling yourself. Amen? But some people are looking for that witness. And they don't know. What, what is this all about? What is this Holy Ghost all about? And somebody prays for them and they fall out. And that's when the Holy Ghost begins to deal with them. Amen? Sometimes you might fall out with spirit that be... Um, you might be getting healed. God might be speaking to you. Maybe that's the only place he can get your attention. Amen? There's a lot of things that could be happening. Sometimes people do just fall out. Just It's kind of an escape. They'll just fall out just to get away from the creature. <laughs> I've seen things, okay? All right, so... Ye shall be witnesses. So the Holy Ghost has come upon you with power so that you can be witnesses. And so that's that witnessing power that comes up in you. Just that you're seeing it come on Peter. And he began to testify and witness of the things of God. That is the witnessing power. That's not the same Peter we saw around the fire in Jerusalem a few weeks ago. Right? This is a whole different Peter. He's a whole different person. Completely converted, sold out, and ready to give his life for Jesus. Knowing that standing up in the, in the middle of Jerusalem with people from every tribe, nation, and tongue there, that he could have been arrested for coming against them and saying what he was saying. Amen? And he says some harsh things. He says some straightforward things. Amen? All right. Verse, uh, same verse. So, you shall receive the whole power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Praise God for the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen? And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him up out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, he, as he went up, behold, two men stood behind them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up for you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem about a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room and abode with Peter, um, abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zelotes, the and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. There were about at least 120 people there. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was given, which was a guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part with this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong was burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem insomuch as the field is called and the proper tongue alkabdamah. That is to say the field of blood. 
For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, as his bishopric let another take. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning at the baptism of John until the same day that was taken up. And so now they have to decide on a new person to take Judas's place. And so they appointed two, Joseph and Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed, and they said, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles." So they didn't, during that time, they were there in the upper room. They didn't waste time making sure that they went ahead and appointed the next apostle, that they found out what, who was supposed to be numbered with the 12. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, here comes the exciting part, they were all with one accord in one place. Now get that, more than once we see that they are in one accord, that they're in Unity. They're praying, they're seeking God, and they're unified in what they're doing. And suddenly there came a sound of heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I really thought it was very interesting how windy it was yesterday, knowing that today we would be talking about Pentecost. It was so windy, you could hardly stand up. Amen? I almost got blown down at least once. Stone's laughing at me because I'm tripping over the wind. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. They, I want to read that again. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. It does not say that Peter... Got the Holy Ghost first, and then Peter grabbed some anointing oil, and Peter began to run around the place anointing people with oil, and then they began to speak with other tongues. Does it? It doesn't say that, that one disciple laid hands on another disciple, another disciple laid hands on another disciple, and then it was like, a, like that. It says that the Holy Ghost came in like a rushing mighty wind, and he settled upon each and every person like a clove of fire, like tongues of fire. What does that mean? Was there fire in their heads? Was there a dove? Did a dove come down and light on Jesus' head when he was baptized? No, it was like it. Like unto. The Holy Ghost came in when Jesus was baptized like a dove. Amen? When he came into this upper room, he came in like a mighty rushing wind. And when if I put a clove of fire on your head, what you going to do? Are you going to sit there like you're sitting there right now? No. no. You're going to do something. Amen? You might shout. Most of us, the probably the first thing you might do is start yelling. Amen? When you get too close to the fire, what's the first thing you do, Larry? Move. He moves. <laughs> he moves. When God gets ready, you got to move. Amen? So I'm, I'm, you know, I wasn't there, but I'm thinking there was some movement going on. Amen? 
You might begin to try to spot that thing. You might stop, drop, and roll. Amen? You might shout. You might open your mouth. And when you open your mouth and you, you, you don't know what to say, your head's on fire. Their head was not on fire, okay? It was like fire. Amen? The presence of God was so powerful that it was like fire on their head, so to speak, and they could not contain it. Amen? It was like a fire down in their soul. They could not contain. Amen? And could not control. They didn't want to. They wanted everything that God had, everything that Jesus promised, everything the Father promised. They wanted it. They wanted it bad enough to go to the upper room and wait all that time. It's ten days, right? Ten more days. They had to wait just ten days. Seeking God, praying, seeking God about the, the Father's business for those ten days that were in that upper room. Seeking God, praying in one accord. The Holy Ghost comes in and falls upon them and they begin to speak with other tongues. It does not say, and yo, Sister Colden Locks kept her mouth shut tight and did not speak with other tongues, but yes, we count her as being filled. Oh, it does not say that, does it? All of them. Every single one. All 120. Amen? When the Holy Ghost is present, and He is. He's here. Amen? People like to say that they want the Holy Ghost to fall. Fall on us. I think we sing it, you know. But He's here. Amen? It is us that needs to receive. It is us that needs to open up. It's us that needs to repent and turn from our wicked ways and seek His face. It's us, not Him. Amen? It's never him. It's never his fault. He's right here. He's ready. You just need to open up and receive what he has for you. Amen? Saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. All right. I love this because I'm looking out at your faces. Some of you got, I can see your cheeks. You're smiling. Kind of soaking this in. This is good stuff. And they, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when it was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because they heard that every man heard them speak in his own language. So we see that the Holy Ghost came just as the prophet Joel prophesied. Amen. The Holy Ghost came just like Jesus told them, go into the upper room and stay. Jesus told them in another place, it's expedient that I go, that the Comforter, the Holy Ghost may come. Amen? Why on earth would we say, you know what, I want Jesus, but I don't want that Holy Ghost stuff. That's dangerous. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. Amen? God sent his son, his only begotten son, that we might be saved. Whosoever believeth in him might be saved. Amen? And then the son of God himself said that it's expedient that he leave this earth so that the Holy Ghost could come. The Holy Ghost is a spirit. Amen? And it's not like we think about spirits like Casper the ghost. He's just one little thingy and he can only do little things in little places. The Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost of God. Amen? Casper don't exist, by the way. But the Holy Ghost of God does exist. Amen? And he's everywhere. There's no place on this planet that he can't reach and that he can't go. And that he can be there. 
He could be in me right now and be on the other side of the earth in, in my, my brother in Christ in uh, India and Pakistan. Amen? Their Holy Ghost has no limits. Amen? He was given without measure. How many of you want the Holy Ghost without measure? Amen? It's already yours. Amen? If you got the Holy Ghost, you got the Holy Ghost without measure. If there's measure, it's you measuring. It's you holding back. Amen? So let's not hold back anymore. Let's let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost needs to do. Amen? Learn. Amen? Learn how to do all things decently in order by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Learn how to worship. Like, get this. Get this. We worship the Most High God, and He is worthy of all of our praises and all of our everything, the very next breath in our lungs, right? And He wants to be so involved in that worship that He said that those that worship Me must worship Me in spirit and in truth. He didn't say, maybe you could. He said we must. So when we worship, we must, it's like a dance. And he's leading the dance. Amen? We don't say, let me get this bottle of water because water represents the spirit, right? We don't say, come on, Holy Ghost, let's go worship. Amen? The Holy Ghost is always ready to worship. You don't have to drag him. Amen? You don't have to work him up. Holy Ghost wants, it's, it's, it's who he is. It's part of who he is. Amen? God wants us to, in, it's communion with his presence. It's communion with the Father. And so when we come in to worship, we go in to worship, begin to lift up his name and praise. And even in our prayer, it's all tied together, woven together in worship. And it must be done in spirit and in truth. Amen? His spirit. Amen? Praise God. I hope this was a good message for you. I'm feeling it. I'm loving it. I just thank God for what he's saying, what he's doing this morning. The value of the Holy Ghost is the cost of the blood of Jesus. Don't leave the Holy Ghost out of your salvation. Don't think that you can make it on your own. Amen? We need him. We need the Holy Ghost. Amen? None of us. There's not a human on this planet that doesn't need Jesus and that doesn't need the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. Praise God. Part of that witness is also, you know, I'm just going to say this really quick, is also the works of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Holy Ghost. So we need to begin to allow Holy Ghost to do what Holy Ghost needs to do in you. Amen. Seek him for the gifts. Seek him for what he wants to, to do in your life. Amen.